0: This is the Death Dialogues Project Podcast. I'm your host, Becky odd Jennison, licensed clinical professional counselor, therapist gone rogue, you might say. I'm a U.S. expat living in New Zealand since 2011. Death has had its way with me, professionally for years, and more recently, very personally. You're probably here because you've danced with death as well. I get it. This grassroots project began with the intention of meeting at the crossroads of art and social action and meaningful connection and the stories we all hold. You can go to www.deathdialogues.net and find out more about the project, our productions, and how it interfaces with the arts, and where to follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. This project exists on the smell of an oily rag, as the Kiwis like to say. We have zero funding. And what's really important in a project like this is word of mouth. If you like what you hear here, please share it with your friends. And if you'd like to contribute to this podcast and project financially, hey, let's talk. We'd love to see it graduate from a labor of love to a supported entity. We're glad you found us, and we sure hope you stick around. Just as we have found that people are reluctant to talk about death, they're also shy about sharing when they feel they have had contact with someone from the beyond. We tend to chalk it up as coincidence, or we are simply afraid of what people may think of us. As we ease into this holiday time, a time when our losses may feel more intense, I am so very pleased to share today's episode with you. Medium Rebecca Rosin joins us to discuss all things afterlife. She answers questions regarding our own ability to connect with our deceased loved ones, what happens when someone has taken their own life, what about deaths of infants and children, including stillbirths and miscarriages, and many more. I wouldn't have a medium on the podcast if I didn't feel strongly about their abilities. Exploring Rebecca's work, her worldview, and I guess I should say spirit view, and her insights resonate deeply. And as this podcast episode wraps, I hope you can wrap yourself in the comfort of this episode and that will provide connection to the love energy of your loved ones for we know that love will never die. Thanks for listening. Rebecca, thanks for joining us today for the podcast episode. Oh, thanks for having me on. So I'm wondering, you know, your work is so vast I think our listeners would really benefit from, if you could just kind of go back in time and tell us how you started connecting with spirit and what this work means for you.
1: Of course, you know, so unlike some people who are born knowing I wasn't, I was, it was 20 years into my life when I realized I had this gift of connecting with spirit. And, you know, I think we all have intuition. Um, You know, to different degrees, and so when I was a little kid, I remember being very intuitive and wise. My parents would comment of things I would know, and yet I didn't know where it was coming from. But when I was twenty, I was going through a depression, and I was crying out for help every night. I was praying and meditating, and I honestly didn't know what I was praying to. I believed in God, but I wasn't raised very religious. I grew up in a um, conservative Jewish household. And, you know, we didn't talk about paranormal or psychic stuff. So, um, but I was in a desperate time. And my dead grandmother, who 10 years before that time had taken her life, she had severe mental illness. She was the one who responded to my prayers and cries for help. And so it happened one day when I was journaling. And I was writing just my thoughts and feelings and dumping it out. And all of a sudden, this energy took over my hand and started writing through me and I could hear the words in my mind's voice faster than I could transcribe it. And it she said she was my grandmother. And she said, She, along with my guardian angel had been hearing me and watching my struggle and wanted to help me find the peace and healing that I needed. And so for an hour, she dragged my hand across this page. She gave me three pieces of key information to validate. It was really her, which meant I had to get off that or once I ended that, um, It's called automatic writing, Mm -hmm. but at the time I didn't know that. So when I ended my journaling, I called my dad and I asked him the three things she shared. And sure enough, he was able to validate it and blown away, had no idea how I knew what I knew, but you know, it kind of, I was in shock. And so her message was she took her own life and she regretted it. And she was there to help me prevent me from going down the dark road of depression And to give me a program on what to do to heal myself from the inside out. And so my dad encouraged me to keep working with her so long as it felt loving and and good, which it did. And so every day I met with her. And at that time, it wasn't meditation. It was simply journaling. And then at some point, we would connect through the automatic writing and it was um, <clears throat> about 18 months. And over that time, it was my grandma, babe, and my guardian angel. And they gave me the self-help prescriptive program to do on a mind, body, spirit level to truly heal myself from the inside out. And I did it. So fast forward 18 months, I was happy and healthy and mentally balanced and, um, you know, That was when my grandma said she was done. Her assignment was complete and um, I should use my gifts and share it with the world and pay it forward. Well, at that time, I just, you know, I was in college and I was um, at that point graduating with an advertising degree. And the last thing, honestly, I wanted to do was come out and tell the world I'm crazy and I'm talking to my dead grandmother. Hmm. But I tried to get that advertising job. I couldn't, nothing was flowing. And, um, I, um, and I made a vow with God and my guides. I'm like, if you want me to do this, you bring people to me. I'm not going to go chase people down. <laughs> and so it was truly within weeks of putting that prayer out there. A friend of mine said, I want you to try this on some strangers. I have some friends you don't know. So I did. And sure enough, I was able to make a connection for them to their departed loved ones and guides. And so I then found a coffee shop to work out of. And a few months into that, a journalist came to me and said, Hey, this is fantastic and amazing. And I would love to do an article on you. And so I thought, sure, why not? Whatever. And it was a small article at the time that at the end, when she was about to publish it, she said, by the way, this is going to be the front cover of this magazine that goes out to 150,000 people oh, no. in, the, <laughs> in the Detroit area. I know. And wow. so that was what my start. And that was 20 years ago. And ever since then, you know, it's been this amazing journey of just me really getting out of the way, surrendering, trusting this is the gift God gave me to use for other people. And I am so grateful and so just so grateful at such a young age, I was willing and, and able to allow it to manifest and to be what it is today.
0: Oh, absolutely. I can just visualize the path being cleared for you. I think that's so beautiful that, yeah, it manifested. You didn't have to work it. I, well, well you did work it at your own work, but I mean, the marketing right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I always tell people, you know, if something is truly destined and it's meant to be, doesn't mean you don't have to show up and do your part. It's a co-creation with you and spirit, but it is a graceful, easy path where things flow. Synchronicities happen versus trying to force it.
0: Yeah. So this is your life now, right? This is your life's work.
1: This is my, this is my life's work. It's who I am. It's for sure what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: So just give us an idea of what all that consists of. If you don't mind your Career
1: wise. Yeah. You know, I I use my gifts in different ways. It's always um, mediumship is my specialty. I always say doctors have their specialty, you know, um, and in the psychic realm, there's a lot of intuitives, a lot of healers, and we all have our specialties. And um, mine is not solving crimes, working with the police. You know, mine is not crossing spirits over. My gift is Working with souls who are happily crossed over, they're in a very peaceful, beautiful existence on the other side. And they have a sneak peek into this world and they see their living loved ones are struggling. And whether they're struggling with grief over their passing or struggling in general with their own life, they use me as a conduit to connect them. So I do small group readings primarily right now, which consist of up to eight people, And we come together, spirit truly orchestrates who's in that group. Um, There's a lot of synchronicity to that where the right people come together who can all relate to similar situations and help each other. So I do these, it's like a spirit circle. And I use the two hours to channel messages to each group member. I do private readings, though um, the wait for that is quite long, and I know it's pretty frustrating, so that's why I started the small group, so I can reach more people without compromising the quality of the work. And then I travel the country and do um, large audience events, and it's hundreds of people sit in a room, and I demonstrate the work, or I'll you know, teach about the work, and you know spirit guides me as to who gets read and what comes through
0: beautiful and in the meantime you've written a few books as well I
1: I have I've been blessed to have had the opportunity um you know way back when this all began my this woman reached out to me and she's my current literary agent but she said Rebecca I have to write your book and at the time I didn't even know I wanted to write a book Mm. and so she found me and my first book was spirited and that was just such an amazing experience and I saw what a need the publishing world saw saw what an interest there was in this, you know, genre. And then it led me to my next book, Awaken the Spirit Within. So I always say spirited is kind of my 101. Mm-hmm. It's like digestible for anybody. My second book is my masterclass book. It's pretty intense. It in, it combines the study of Jewish mysticism, which is the Kabbalah, but it's you know non-denominational, it's spiritual and Um, that's really a deep dive into who we are, what, what our soul's purpose is. And then my last book, um, what the dead have taught me about living well, that was kind of a memoir of all my choices that have led me up to here, but, um, it's helping people understand how spirit, we have a team spirit and they are there to help us make choices, um, along our path to, you know, make the highest and best choices so we can fill our soul's purpose.
0: Beautiful. So if if we have people that were very close to us who have transitioned, crossed over, died, should we assume that those loved ones are part of our spirit team or, or not?
1: No, no. Um, so, you know, they're definitely in spirit. They definitely visit you from time to time. Sometimes they are part of your team, meaning they might just be a cheerleader coming around to inspire you, send you healing, positive, loving energy to keep you going. Sometimes they're an actual guide where they're on assignment, helping you with a certain subject in your life or lesson. Um, But, you know, just because you die doesn't mean you become part of someone's team. You're always a part of their soul group. You know, you will see them again. But sometimes those souls are done. Their work is complete for that time. And then they'll pick up with you at some later point, whether it's later in your life or when you cross over and meet up with them again okay
0: well I think it's so important to talk about this because um I find that most people you talk to have had some sort of experience where they feel like they've been in contact or you know a wink there's been a wink or a nudge maybe not to the degree that, that you are in contact with spirit but but also just like this um this project was started because we don't talk about death freely. This seems to be a whole nother area that people seem to limit themselves and don't want to be looked at funny or whatever, and just don't talk about a lot. Do you see that?
1: Oh yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, I feel like I'm normalizing the paranormal and doing this work, but in the beginning years, back in 1997, to 1999, when I was embracing it, this was voodoo. People looked at you funny if you brought it up. It wasn't talked about, but in the last several years, it's become very accepted in my experience. And you hear about it, television shows being made on it, you know, and more and more mediums popping up and it's exciting. We're in a time where I feel very supported and I feel like I'm a pioneer -hmm. In this, that signed up to do this. And again, make it tangible and digestible and and normal in a sense, because we're all born with intuition. Mm -hmm. We came from this energy. We're going back to this energy of the spirit world. Um, We're never disconnected. Energy doesn't die, right? Mm -hmm. It just changes form. And so. The spirits want us to be talking about it and empowering other people, all of us, not just gifted people who are doing it for a living, but all of us have the ability to use our intuitive senses, to connect into our team spirit, to our own intuition. Um, It's that psychic muscle and you have to use it and develop it.
0: And don't you feel like, I mean, my thought is we're just so clenched as a society today. Like, you know, there's so much fear-based things going on around us or, and I know um, from exploring your work some, how, you know, you say that the very first step is to be able to sit and clear your mind, you know, and be an open vessel. But I just feel like, you know, that takes so much work in this day and age when there's you know, right. people have so much fear and anxiety about things. Eh? Hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, a, lo- a lot of people are afraid to get still and to go within because they will know. Mm. It's almost like on some higher self level, like they know, but sometimes we don't want to know, right? Right. And so, it takes a lot of courage um, and humility to really do a deep dive in, into yourself and get real and sit with all the uncomfortable feelings or situations that, you know, you need to really, um, sit, be with. So, so I do think that's why people avoid it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's easier to numb yourself or to distract yourself in this three-dimensional world. But, you know, as we know, that's the illusion and the truth is within us we all have that divine knowing the god goddess energy and so one of my lessons for me in the beginning was stop looking to external factors for that validation and knowing go within and that took a lot of a lot of time to de- develop that trust that that was real
0: beautiful so you know you were mentioning how when you first started doing this that it was you know not as widely Respected as it is now. Um, Still, we have certain belief systems out there, you know, that will call this the occult or something like that. What do you say to that? How, what is a a response to people that have a different kind of belief system? Um, Sure. Yeah.
1: You know, I like to go back to this quote I heard once. It's many paths, one truth. Mm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what path we take, whether it's a religious one, a spiritual one, um, whatever that looks like for you, It's we're going to all end up at the same place. And for some of us, it will be in while well, we're in body. And it's going to be when we leave body because our minds are limiting us. But in the end, it's source. We're all going to come back to that place of all love. And how you get there, it really doesn't matter. So if religion works for you, awesome. Use it. Um, for some, it doesn't work. It's too structured and and con- based in fear and controlling. Um, for some people, it's, you know, it's, again, just that spiritual quest seekers. And they'll find different ways to connect to that source. So I don't judge it. You know, I'm like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: look, at the end of the day, if you know that it feels good, then that's your guidance. It is good. Right? Mm-hmm. So if it feels wrong or off or bad, that's usually a good indicator that whoever you're working with or whatever you're tapping into is not for your highest good.
0: Makes sense. Yes. Well, one thing I did, Rebecca, was I jotted down some questions knowing our listeners and kind of some of their experiences. And, and I thought I might um, just ask you some of those questions. Like, I know a lot of our listeners um, have a partner or somebody close to them who's taken their life um, and find it very difficult. Sometimes people didn't leave notes, that type of thing. What What's the message you can give people um, Who've lost loved ones in that fashion?
1: Of course. Um, you know, I unfortunately am an expert in suicide. My father took his life, his mother took her life. Um, I work with it nonstop in terms of doing readings for others who lost ones by suicide. So, what I know about this is that what they realize is that, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Meaning, like I said earlier, energy doesn't die. It just changes form. And so mm-hmm. their body, they ended their physical experience in this dimension, but their soul light moves on to another dimension and they pick up where they left off and they have tremendous regrets. Um, some souls I will say are, are standing behind their choice. They were complete and they ended their life um, prematurely because they felt they were done Um, But most souls have regrets and they, they impart all this wisdom on, you know, really encouraging the living to deal with and heal those issues while in a body because it doesn't go away. Um, But to comfort those people who have lost one by suicide, they need to understand the soul is now free in a place of non-duality meaning they're not in a world of of darkness or fear or hate or any of that. The spirit world doesn't have duality, okay, in the higher heavens. They go to a place of nurturing energy where they're healed and no one's judging them. So it's easier sometimes for that soul to heal and deal with their life lessons in the spirit world. And, um, And they do have to deal. So they may be working through all of You know the things they ran away from by ending their life. In spirit, they may do it in spirit. They also may choose to reincarnate and come back and try it again. Um, But to know that, most importantly, that we in this world are still able to connect with their energy through the frequency of love, and love doesn't die. And so you you don't have to wait till you die to see them, or you don't have to wait you know, to hope and pray, they show up in your dreams in a visitation. You can, through meditation, connect with them. And what you need to do is get into that heart center, into that frequency of love, call their energy and connect with their frequency and continue that conversation and find closure and find healing in that connection.
0: Oh, Beautiful needing to get into that space of quiet to do that though. Right. The meditative yeah, space it takes, <laughs>
1: it takes us back. I laugh because everything I ever talk about always comes back to prayer and meditation, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So what about um, those dreams a person has that, yeah, I'm sure you've heard this or experienced it where, you know, they wake up and they're like, Oh my gosh, that was so real. I, the other person was in the dream, the deceased person was in the dream and I felt their hug or, you know, it was so real. It was like they were there. Um, is that connection, do you believe, or is it simply a
1: dream? Yeah. No, when it feels that real and you never forget it and that's a visitation. You know, we all dream, we all process things, subconscious thoughts and feelings, um, but those visitations last a lifetime. I've only had a handful and I can still feel it and remember it as if it happened yesterday. So people just need to trust. And a lot of times the loved ones in spirit come because you're too shut down or unavailable during your day-to-day waking state and your mind is quieted and out of the way when you're dreaming. So that's why they would visit you there.
0: Okay. That explains a lot. Um, another question I had is thinking of people that have had traumatic loss and, you know, have this vision. Maybe they found a person after they took their life, or maybe they've witnessed, um, an accident or a drowning, or maybe they just know that that's how the person passed, excuse me, versus, uh, you know, the peaceful passing that you all all wish for. And, you know, I seen people can really get stuck in that loop of Mm -hmm. focusing just on that. And can you give any um, guidance of how to move past that? I mean, I I know everything you're saying is kind of working towards that anyway, but maybe specifically to that situation.
1: Well, that comes up a lot. Spirit a lot of times wants to put their mind at rest and stop that, um, the mental movies and, you know, just like replaying that old tape over and over. And, and, and that's when we get stuck in the past and traumatized and fear and all that. So they will oftentimes um, spirit will, you know, just say connect into my energy now, because all of that falls away. It's kind of like, I mean, the best analogy I can give, I remember childbirth. It was just so painful and horrible but now it's a distant memory. And sometimes my mind can take me back into that, but I'm not stuck in that energy. And so basically it's about gaining control and consciously choosing what you're focusing on. So instead of focusing on how they died or, you know, when they died and, and all that, bring your energy to the present moment and ask your guides, angels, and loved ones for help in that. And then call on your departed loved one and say, I want to feel you now. I want to connect with you now because now they're in a peaceful, positive place, no matter how they passed on. And so you will feel a shift in your energy and hopefully you're doing that enough. It becomes habit. You stop identifying with the way they exited this lifetime.
0: Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Um, the other th- people that I know will be listening is many people have lost uh, a child, either um, in utero, stillbirth, or um, some people, you know, there were, well, obviously there could be accidents, et cetera, but there's also a lot of chromosomal kind of things that happen with people. One of my last interviews um, was a woman whose baby experienced that. Tell us about the little infant's spirit and Mm
1: -hmm. how
0: parents and loved ones can visualize that kind of connection
1: well so um whether it's an infant or it's a miscarriage or it's a five-year-old or 20-year-old child it kind of doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's all the same and the spirits generally say look this is part of our soul contract I agreed along with everyone involved the the mother giving birth and all the other key players in that soul's world we agreed to this because there's lessons that can be learned and usually those younger souls are earth angels who i say took one for the team they didn't have a whole lot of karma to work out but they were helping to advance their living their loved ones in the same soul group And so they said, hey, I'm going to sign up to be your child who's going to exit at an early age because it's going to force you to learn some pretty profound lessons and give you the opportunity to spiritually grow and evolve. And I say opportunity because, you know, we can't get into our ego and resist it and fight it and not embrace the gifts, find the gifts in it, and really um, it defeats the purpose of going through it or – and initially that does happen. That's the human experience and it's okay to be there. But at some point you just pray and hope that they shift into an awakening and they recognize that this was part of my soul contract. I can grow and evolve from this. And that, again, my childhood passed, even though it's incredibly painful, the physical loss, energetically, I feel them. I, I know they're still there. I still have a relationship with them that through getting into your psychic senses through, you know, with meditation and in your dream states and, and trusting that when you walk through this world, you're going to get signs from them and undeniable signs that validate your knowing so that you, it starts to heal your heart and fill that void because you know, they're with you and you know, you're going to be with them physically again at some point.
0: Yeah. So I'm really happy that you mentioned the undeniable signs because um, that was one of my questions for you. You know, there's people that will say, you know, gosh, there's a lot of things that are seeming like coincidence. Like the song came on at a certain time, or, you know, I found this when I was walking and it really felt connected. So you are suggesting that spirit can communicate like that
1: sometimes? Absolutely. Spirit does it all the time. And You know, this is where you have to trust your feelings over your thoughts because when you get a sign in, the minute you get it, you feel the truth that that Mm -hmm. was divine intervention. That's your guidance. It was truth versus you see a penny on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you get no reaction. It doesn't, there's nothing to it. It's a penny. Well, guess what? Sometimes there are pennies on the ground, but sometimes pennies come from heaven and those are coming from what you believe to be a mom. And just an hour before, you were crying in your car saying, I need a sign, mom, to know you're here. And next thing you know, there's a shiny penny on the ground. So you just, yes, spirit gives signs. Not because spirit needs to, but because we are so desperate to believe. And we need authentic faith. And you get authentic faith that this is real by having those experiences, those miracles show up. And what I have found is that the more you recognize the signs, the more they give to you because they realize you're paying attention, you're aware, you're open to receive. So it's not a waste of their time or energy to go, you know, put forth the effort to create the sign because it takes a lot of energy on their part.
0: And speaking of that, that energy that it takes, can you, with all of your communication with the other side, can you, you know, can they be the spirit of a loved one? Can they be in multiple places at once or is it, you know, just, yes,
1: they can. yeah, yeah, they can, you know, there's no time or space in this dimensional and beyond world, which means, you know, they're not, it's not linear. So mm-hmm. they're not limited. They're not limited. And so they can bilocate, locate, try, locate, you know, I've had it where, I'm doing a phone reading for a family of three people and they're all on conference call all in different states and mom will say to one woman in new york um i love the red jacket and she's like oh my god i'm wearing my mom's red favorite red jacket right now and then oh. the next thing the woman in los angeles i'm saying do you have like a crystal Swartzky crystal like bird And she said, you won't believe this, right in front of me, I have a hummingbird that's a crystal that was my mom's. And so like mom's saying, I see it. And I'm with all of you at the same time. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. And that's why I can do phone readings. That's why, you know, it works over Skype or the phone. um, Because spirit, you know, isn't limited to time or space.
0: Wow. It's So fascinating. You're so lucky (laughs) to be able to work (laughs) like this. It's so cool. Uh, I love what I do. Yeah. Um, I wondered if you could share a little bit about what you think is going on with the person's spirit that is um like in the later stages of Alzheimer's or other dementias or even in a coma. I mean, I know intuitively it has felt to me as if the the spirits moved on in those situations, right. but I don't know. Can you give us your yeah, thoughts? No.
1: A lot of times those souls are in and out of their bodies. I've done readings where I'm channeling somebody's father and it's to a T it's him, but he's, you know, he's still alive, but he's in a coma or he has Alzheimer's. So what I've learned over the years is that those souls are, um, why they're going through that. Sometimes it's not for them. It's just a long goodbye for the living to get used to the idea and then they'll leave. Sometimes it is for that soul who needs to learn how to receive help or care um, or needs to learn how to let go and cross Mm. over. But regardless, their souls are not fully in their bodies at all times. And sometimes they're preparing to leave. So they're in and out. And um, and so at that point there, it's like working with the spirit.
0: Okay. And I'm curious, how has your work influenced your personal experiences with
1: loss? Well, for me, the gift of when my dad passed away and I had been doing this for over a decade at that point, I, of course, I was devastated and missed him terribly. But I moved through my grieving process really fast. And, um, whereas to this day, my brothers, they still struggle. I don't. And, um, it's because I, I, I connect with him every day. I, he comes to me when I call on him in my meditations, he's come into many dreams and he shows me signs when I'm doubting or missing him. So, um, it's such a gift to know what I know because it, again, it just takes all the, the pain out of it. Um, so you know, and then on top of that, I'm also not allowed to be a victim because I know that we are co-creators of our reality, right? Mm-hmm. So having access to all this wisdom, I I've heard over and over that I'm not a victim to all the things that are going on. I'm a active co-creator. I've contributed, whether knowingly or unknowingly, and so sometimes that's I, my soul contracted this, and there's lessons in it, and so I I'm able to. Ask myself, what is this teaching me? And find the gifts in it. Um, And then also use my team and spirit, my guides, my angels to help me through my life. Because I'm a human being. And I tell people, not only am I not immune to all life's challenges, I think I'm the guinea pig for so many. And they put me through things that I have to go through to learn my lessons so that I can be a better teacher and help those around me who end up struggling with similar lessons. And the perfect example would be the suicide.
0: Mm-hmm. So, And that's just such a tough area for grievers, this area of suicide for sure. So your experience in that I'm sure is invaluable in helping other people that have gone through that.
1: Mm-hmm. I always hope so.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you talk about reincarnation a couple times and, I, if you could just like unpack what that looks like, because earlier you mentioned making a choice to be reincarnated and, yeah, and then if, if a person has made the choice to be reincarnated, then are you still able to connect with their spirit? That type of thing. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm a little confused with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Well, first of all, if we choose to reincarnate, um, somebody wants to channel that departed loved one, I cannot. Because while a part of our soul energy remains in the spirit world, that's what we call our higher self, we take a portion of our, our soul energy into the physical body leave a portion behind, I need the majority of you know, that spirit energy to be able to channel them. So if they've reincarnated, I can't connect with them. But what happens is we, when we cross over, we do a life review. We decide with our team of guides and our councils, what we call them, um, what we learned, where we could have gone, where we could have done better, where we might do it differently the next go round. If we choose, meaning we have free will, you can certainly not reincarnate. uh, But what the soul realizes is that It wasn't so bad. And I would come, you know, it's such an illusion. Like sometimes life here feels just horrible and hard and just forever. It goes on and on. But again, when you get over there, it's kind of like when you graduate from high school, you you look back, you're like, wow, I just did K through 12. And that feels like it went by so fast and you're kind of nostalgic and miss it. It's the same thing. You get over there. It's like you go into summer vacation indefinitely. And then, you work with your guides to figure out, would it serve you to reincarnate? What does that look like? And how, who should you come back as? What gender? What race? What region should you be born into? What are your living circumstances, conditions to help you learn the lessons you need to learn? And so um, some souls choose to stay in the spirit world and do the work there, but it takes a lot longer it's the difference between like talking about visiting Europe and actually getting on an airplane and going and walking the land. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And so when you actually, you have such a different experience, it's richer and deeper when you actually can say, I have firsthand experience versus reading through textbooks, what Europe is like. Well, if you stay in the spirit world, you're like reading the textbook. And so you don't grow in advance as fast or as deep. And so um, most choose to reincarnate Most of us have done it hundreds of times. Um, There's fascinating teachers out there, uh, past life regressionists. I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, Dr. Mm -hmm. Michael Newton. Those are two of many um, who Robert Schwartz, you know, they've done all this work with people who have done regressions and can prove their past lives. And there there's life between lives where we plan those contracts and then we choose to reincarnate at some point.
0: Have you felt that that's part of your story? Are you connected with a, as a person who's reincarnated?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, I, I've never met someone who's never, it's their first lifetime. Okay. I'm I'm sure there's people we've met and you're like, wow, this is their first go around, right? Like not too aware, but, Truly, most people have done it hundreds of times, thousands of times. Wow. So, yeah. And so um, I'm no different than anybody else. Yes, I've had many lifetimes.
0: And do you, are you aware of what, in, what some of those lifetimes were?
1: Yeah, I've well, only because I've done past life regression with a few different people over the years. And um, I am aware. And it explains a lot in this lifetime. In certain relationships, you know, why do I feel like I'm always this person's mother? Oh, well, because I was their mother in a past life. And oh, wow! And parents, yeah. Right, right. So it's amazing. It's all different ro- roles we play. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Deep stuff.
1: It is. <laughs> I, it is. I loved.
0: Um. I wrote down one of the things that you talked about with the uh, to imagine the connection to the divine, like an umbilical cord to our heart, to the divine. I thought that was a beautiful imagery.
1: I love that. I mean, the bottom line is we're all connected and we all come from the same source energy, which is love. And when, you know, when we can all get into that same frequency, that's where we feel the oneness. And that's where the God, goddess piece of us comes out, our highest and best self. So if all of us did that on a daily basis, we started our day with that intention, we prayed and meditated on it, the world would be a much better place.
0: So if you could just take that a little further, and let's um, imagine we have listeners out there that are just um, mired in deep grief and longing to connect with their loved one. Can, Can you walk us through like that, like you're saying, like how what's a good way to start your day then? And, and what kind of, um, you know, ritual or pattern to put in there for that? Thank you.
1: So something I've been shown to do for myself that I've shared with many of my clients is you imagine whether you're lying in bed right before you get out of bed or first, you know, few hours in the morning, um, when your mind is still quiet, relatively quiet and, You can get still, you close your eyes, you imagine a grounding cord coming out either the root chakra, which is the base of your spine, or maybe even out through the soles of your feet. And it's grounding you deep into the earth. And then you imagine that cord, like the umbilical cord, pulling up this energy, source energy, Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. It's that universal oneness energy pulling it all the way up at your entire being through all your chakras, all the way up your spine, all the way up, out through the crown of your head, pulling that cord up, hooking it into source energy. Sometimes I imagine it being like a ball of like the sun. Okay. Golden Mm -hmm. white light. Um, But whatever that looks like to you, you plug into that. You call on Supreme being mother, father, God um, source, whatever, Universe, whatever word feels right to you, call that energy, thank it for connecting you and blessing you, and pull it down like a waterfall of golden white light back down through the crown, through all the way the body, again, down through out through the souls of the feet, And then I imagine a big bubble of light starting to fill up and around my body and aura. So I'll mentally call in Archangel Michael, the angel of protection, my guardian angels. Um, you know, sometimes other saints, whoever I'm feeling guided in the moment, I ask them to be with me. I ask them to shield and protect me in that bubble of light all throughout the day to keep me aligned with source coming from my higher self, drawing to me all the right people, situations, experiences for my soul's highest and best good. Um, I ask to be a source of light to show up and shine my light to connect to the heart energy of those around me. And, you know, to kind of like pay it forward and put out that positive energy. Beautiful. It, same positive energy back.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: I think, um, you know, that, that. That really resonates to me. That doing it early morning, doing it before, that feels like such a a time that maybe through sleep we've been cleansed, um, right? Yeah, and that we're fresh to hold that kind of space. It's beautiful, exactly. Yeah. So before we wrap up, Rebecca, I'd love for you just to tell people specifically how they can get a hold of you, and we will also put the links. In our description, but you know, tell them sure. where all you, you're at in the internet and all of that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So my website is Rebecca dot and I'm on all sorts of social media. Um, Rebecca Rosen Medium, you know, at Medium Rebecca Rosen on Instagram, um, and then you know, I would encourage people if they're intrigued by this to join my mailing list. And they can access that again on my website, rebeccarosen.com.
0: Great. And you have a,
1: don't you have a special group on Facebook as well? I do. It's called Rebecca's Inner Circle and it's free to anybody who wants to be a part of it. And it gives you access to a kind of a deep dive into this whole world where I do once a month Facebook live and people writing questions, everything like you and I were just talking about, um, It's a space for people to post and support each other. You know, I wanted to create a support community that brought like minds together, a safe place to talk about this and to grow and develop our gifts.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah, I've been a part of that and really love it. Love the energy you're putting into the world. So any final
1: comments for our listeners? You know, I always like to end with, Telling my clients, listeners, to make it a to be continued, meaning, you know, this lit something up in you, meaning you got excited or you felt an emotion. And, you know, that's your guidance that your loved ones in spirit, your higher self is saying, keep this going. Don't stop connecting and seeking. You don't need me. You don't need someone outside yourself. You have all those tools within you. You just need to go within, pray, meditate, call them in. And then watch all the miracles and synchronicities unfold around you.
0: And I, isn't just the beginning thing making the space to do that? Everybody is so very busy, and sometimes I wonder if part of that busyness is to keep you away from the real, you know, that space. Know. But, but um, yeah, that's that's so key. To everyone, it's kind of is, a,
1: it's yep. the balance. I always say it's the middle way. And Mm. so, you know, you got to be a, a, we're a spiritual being having a human experience and you have to embrace that human experience and be in this world and drive your kids to school and cook dinner and right. Do laundry, but you, you can make those spiritual experiences and be in the present moment and stay aware of your spiritual connection and all the, again, spirit signs and energies around us.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today,
1: Rebecca. Uh, I know
0: you're super you're busy and it was just very oh, generous love- of you to share like it. this.
1: Of oh, course. Good. It was wonderful to connect with you. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. All right. You take care. You as well.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. We'd love for you to get further connected with our project. You can find the links in the podcast information. You can also find the Death Dialogues Project on Facebook, on Instagram, and at www.deathdialogues.net. Take good care and see you next time.